Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This is what Paul wanted to do. But as God's looking at that, God's plan was for Paul to stay in Corinth and with the help of the Holy Spirit to write what he would have said to the church. So he writes it down and that becomes the first letter in the New Testament from the Apostle Paul. Now, what book are you in? Hello. Okay. If he goes and speaks to them, do you have this? Have you ever felt like you had a plan all set, then the circumstances or situation changed, making your plan impossible to do? Did you ever blame God for messing up your plans? And how many times did the alternate circumstance work out better than the plans you made? Well, Pastor Mark will be teaching about your plans versus God's plans. You'll hear about a time when God overruled the plans of the Apostle Paul. Pastor Mark will talk about Paul's plans and the alternate plans that had to be made and how God's plans turned out not only for Paul's benefit, but for yours as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, God's ways and thoughts are best for us. You've seen this verse before, I'm sure, and I just want to share it with you. God says it like this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As Christ followers, we've discovered that, well, let's be honest, very often God doesn't think the way we think. He has to change some of the things. His thoughts are very different. You know why he doesn't think the way we think? Because he's all knowing, (laughs) hello, and we're not. He knows exactly what to do. We also know, you've experienced it, I've experienced it, God's ways are not our ways. We plan our lives and he comes up and just makes a big difference. Now, one of the great things about God is, do you know that he knows your beginning from your end? I was thinking about that. Here's about how much I know about me. A selfie for today. See, you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't have any idea. But guess what? In life, there's always a corner that comes. And you never saw the corner. God knows the corners. And you walk around the corner. In an instant, you've experienced it. Everything changes. So we have to be ready for that. So his thoughts are there. His plans for us are good. And you're going to see Paul have to go through that today. Now, how much higher are the heavens than the earth? Anybody want to get your ruler out and just start? That's impossible. Infinitely. Here's two things to write down. So God's thoughts and ways are infinitely 
higher than ours. We can't even imagine it. It doesn't enter our mind. Second, the bottom line, this is the title of the teaching. God's ways and thoughts are best for us. Never doubt that. Even though your plan is changed by God, don't ever say, oh, oh, God, you got rid of my great plan. No, his plans, his thoughts are best for us. We begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. But brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, Paul is talking about the church that he established in Thessalonica. Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. You see, Paul had planted that church, and he wanted to go back to visit that church he planted. And remember, we talked about Paul looked out on the church, just like I'm looking out here in Melbourne and Vieira Sebastian. That was his family. He felt like he was the spiritual father of them. And he just, he had great affection and great love for them. It was very strong. Now watch an interesting verse 18. For he wanted to come to you. He wanted to visit in person. Certainly I, Paul, did. But again and again. But what's this next part of the line say? Say it with me. But Satan stopped us? What's up with that? Now think about when he got to that particular place in Greece, Macedonia, when he started a second missionary journey, he was over in this part we would call today Turkey. And he wanted to go to two cities in Turkey. And the Holy Spirit twice, the Holy Spirit, not Satan, the Holy Spirit twice came to him and said, no, no. So he submitted to God. He says, okay, that's your plan. Your plan's better than mine. I won't go there. The next thing we see is God sends him a dream. And he says, I'm going to send you to Macedonia, which is for us today kind of Europe, that area. Turkey is on this side. He's going way over to Europe. And he's going to stop at Philippi and plant a church. And he's going to stop at Thessalonica and plant a church. So that's exactly where he's at. Now, he was stopped twice by the Holy Spirit. Then God gave him that opening. So Paul says to us, I want to come to visit them face to face. I want to see them face to face. And he says, but Satan stopped me. Not God, not the Holy Spirit, but Satan. Now, what's up with that? We don't know what that means. We don't know how, exactly how Satan stopped Paul. But we know this. God allowed Satan to block Paul's plan. No doubt that made no sense to Paul. And realistically, it doesn't make any sense to me or you. But here's what you have to understand. This is the key. Write it down. Satan is powerful and active. But he has no authority apart from God. Do you understand that? He has no authority apart from God. So here's the second thing you want to write. God always has the last say. And he overrules Satan's opposition. Don't worry. We are in a battle. But God is the victor. The battle is the Lord's. Don't get confused. Now, Paul's probably confused. God, what I want to do is great. It's your kids. God says no. Satan is going to get overruled. Watch how God does this. 
if God overruled Satan and allowed Paul to go to visit these people in Thessalonica, let me give you an example. He would go and he would try to teach in person and encourage him. But when you see what happened, you can't be here. Put in your mind 2,000 years ago. Paul comes to the church. Just picture you being the church 2,000 years ago. You have no iPad. You have no smartphone. You don't have a pen. You don't have paper. You just have Paul. And he speaks. Now, you can go through First Thessalonians probably maybe a half hour. He'd be teaching on it. Maybe longer. We don't know how long. But when Paul leaves, how much of that do you remember? Okay, did I lose you? Or if you had no paper today, if you couldn't go home and play the DVD again, if you never wrote anything down, if you had nothing of paper, anything at all in your mind, when you left the service, how much would you remember? Three days from now, how much? <laughs> Gone. So that's exactly what you have to understand. This is what Paul wanted to do. But as God's looking at that, God's plan was for Paul to stay in Corinth. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, to write what he would have said to the church. So he writes it down, and that becomes the first letter in the New Testament from the Apostle Paul. Now, what book are you in? Hello? Okay. If he goes and speaks to them, do you have this? You do not have it. There's no way for you to get it. Now, think how many hundreds of millions of people can turn and have turned to 1 Thessalonians and read it. Do you see God's plan? See, Paul goes, what's wrong with you? You let me go. God says, no, there'll be a Calvary Chapel that will listen to your teachings right through the Holy Spirit. Now, you better say yes to this, but listen. Since we started this book, we're being chapter three today. Has God taught you anything from this book? Yes. Praise God. The rest of you, you're backslidden. <laughs> We've learned a lot, haven't we? Now think about that. If Paul's plan works, we know nothing. I have nothing to say to you because there's no book. But this is the first one. Now is God higher, his thoughts higher than our thoughts? Amen. He knew exactly what he's doing. And here we are, privileged to be here. It's part of the word of God. We're learning how to live here now and there forever. Here's the bottom line. Don't be discouraged when God goes, mm, no, watch this. What Satan meant for evil, God did what? He used for good. Think of the churches today across our world that are teaching First Thessalonians. It's going right out. People's lives are being changed. People are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Great stuff's taking place. Why? Because God's way smarter than you or me or even Paul. That's an encouragement to me. It should be an encouragement to you. Now, verse 19. Paul says it like this. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes? Is it not you, talking to the people? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. See, Paul wanted to go back in person to encourage these new believers because he was like a spiritual father to them. And he knew he was responsible 
as a pastor to this group of people. You see, when God designs the church, he puts a pastor teacher, at least one in our campuses, obviously more than one. And he says to them in the Bible, don't desire to be a pastor unless you're called to be a pastor. Now, why would God say that? Because you know what? Paul knows it. I know it. I feel it. I'm going to be responsible on the day of judgment. See, we're all going to, as Christians, we're going to be judged. We're going to be judged over our works. How we do. We're not going to be judged over our sins when we stand before God. He's already paid for them. But I'm supposed to be fruitful. Paul says, don't you dare step into the ministry because you want to be on a stage. You better make sure God's calling you. And here's the thing that you, some of you don't know. I will be judged much more difficult than you. Now, I don't particularly care about that. Why? Because a pastor is a person of influence. I'm influencing thousands alive as other pastors are every weekend. I'm going to stand before God. Was my motive right? Did I take the right time? Do I really love the people? See, he knows all that. You are in a different place. Of course you influence people, but not in the world. Think of Billy Graham and think of the influence. So Paul says, eventually, I'm going to get a crown of joy and hope because you guys have been such great people in the church. I'm blessed. You've given me hope. I'm going to get a crown. And, you know, I'm not going through all the crowns today, crown of glory, all those kind of crowns. We'll get that. But you know what? When people think, well, Paul's going to come with a hat like 12 crowns and just walk around like this. What's the Bible tell us we're going to do with our crowns? Put them down at who? The feet of Jesus. Jesus, thank you very much. It's all about you, Jesus. Thank you. All about my. And then I get up with my bald head or whatever you have, same exactly way. Because it's not about you. It's about Jesus. So Paul is thinking about that, and he goes, you bless me. Can I just say this? You bless me. It's a privilege. Sometimes it's hard, but it's a privilege teaching you the living word of God. And that's what Paul, his heart is there. His affection's there. He can't stand not going and seeing them. Now, watch how he says it in chapter 3, verse (laughs) 1. I love this. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. So we sent Timothy, who is our brother and Christ's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ. Notice to do what? To strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Paul is stopped from visiting the people, but God is not stopped. He had a plan. Paul is not prideful. So he asked his young protege, Timothy. Timothy was way younger than Paul. Paul is the one that had the experience. So he asked Timothy to go in his place. Paul was the older pastor that was training some of the younger pastors. Now, that's exactly what we do. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy. You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by reliable witnesses. Paul says, you know me, Timothy. You know my heart. I'm not perfect, but you know what I do. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. That's exactly what we do. Come up toward the end of March, 
we will be a church 27 years. We started with about 100 people. You have to understand, we've been in the process because I was raised as a pastor's kid. My grandpa was a pastor. I never thought I'd be a pastor. I wasn't for many, many years. But I understood the process. What happens is this. God uses people and then raises up other people, just like you saw Bo. I'm just a guy that people poured into me. I pour into the younger pastors. Then they head off. We have young pastors being used by God at our other campuses right now. They're leading the campuses right here. Many of our young people, some of you haven't been here long enough, they've gone off and planted a church. And they just planted a church in different parts of the world. And of course, over that, we have many younger families that have headed off and are missionaries all over the world. Well, that's exactly what happens. We're co-workers. We're a team. We just pass it on. See, the gospel, if it isn't passed on to the next generation, we're dead. So the older guys, hello, will be pouring into the younger guys. Because one day, I'll transition to something different. Work in missions or what, I have no idea. But that's true for everything. Remember, one time, Moses died. And here's Joshua. And God says, Moses is dead. You're taking over. And the first thing that comes to Joshua's mind is, well, those millions of people that never obey you, could you pick somebody else, please? No, he didn't say that. He just said, "Uh, God, I'm not Moses. And God said, no, but as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. You see, it's never about us. So, Pastor Bo, our missionaries... Remember, Serge is just going through a really difficult time. Is God still with them? Yes. So that's what we do as a church. We follow the scriptures. We pass the baton on, and God just uses all that so that he looks good. Now, one thing that you see that Timothy did, he learned this from Paul. Paul taught Timothy to stay on mission. Spread the gospel. But what was Timothy, what was he going to do to these young believers? He's taking Paul's place. What's he going to say to them? Well, Paul writes it like this. Look at verse 2. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ. Notice these two words. To strengthen and encourage your faith. So there was a goal. Paul was going to do that, but they're co-workers. See, we're a family. We're all co-workers. We're actually co-workers with God. Nobody here is the high person. God's the one we worship. The rest of us just have different jobs and different functions and different gifts. We're co-workers together. And that's what the beautiful thing is because we're making God look good. Now, Paul knew these young believers needed to be strengthened in their faith, encouraged. They needed to be reminded that the word of God would make their faith strong. I want you to see something that happens. Sometimes we miss this in the church and it's a danger if we do. Remember, these are new believers. There's a big difference between being a convert, that's opening salvation, you've accepted Christ as your Lord or Savior, and a disciple. See, step one, conversion leads to step two. Many Christians, after they get saved, they stay at step one. You'll never make it. You have to be discipled. A disciple is a lifelong learner under discipline. And they learn to obey God's word. 
But somehow converts, well, they'll listen to the word, but there's not much application. You'll see this later in the scriptures. It's very clear. And so there's hardly any change in their life. See, Paul knew something, and you need to understand this. Paul knew the importance of follow-up, ongoing discipleship, and continued growth. Just think about that. If that young Christian doesn't have somebody coming alongside of them, doesn't get them in a small group like we do here, doesn't get them in my Calvary like we do here, doesn't get them in a new believers course like we have here, starting point. Why do we have all those things? If we don't, most new believers will stay in that baby stage and eventually walk away from God. You'll see that coming later. They have no route to go down. So as you bring a person to church, maybe when we get to Easter, you invite them and they come, they become a believer. You are responsible to help, to come alongside them. You are responsible to invite them to your home group. That's what we talk about home groups. I can teach you all day long, but the small group is where people really grow spiritually. So he's saying to Timothy, Make sure that you strengthen them. Make sure you strengthen them. Encourage them in their faith. Because without faith, you won't make it. And faith comes from hearing the word of God. Now look at verse 3. Here's the reason. Look at me. I'll just tell it to you, and then we're going to read it. So why is Paul afraid? By the way, I can, with my new eyes, I can see you without the glasses. Not small print, but I can see you. Why is Paul concerned? Because the people are going through trials. And he's thinking in his mind, are they going to get discouraged and walk away? Well, that's what the enemy wants to do. So that's why he's saying, you've got to be encouraged. You've got to stay in that whole area. You've got to stay there and understand what exactly is happening. Timothy, Watch their lives. Watch them. Now, look at verse 3. So that no one, here's why, so that no one be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them. In other words, Paul says, I taught them. Listen, look at verse 4. In fact, when we were with you, Paul says, we kept telling you that you would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. In the heat of these persecutions... If there's nobody around to help them, it's just like a baby that doesn't know how to make their formula. There's no way. They can't feed themselves. So they're thinking, well, why are we suffering? Paul didn't say this. Oh, yes, he did. You know, there's a lot of churches you can go to. They'll tell you, you become a Christian, all your problems go away. That would be nice. But it's not true. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have what? Trouble. By the way, The world has the same trouble because we have a sin world. But we have God. That's a big difference. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he reminded you that God's thinking is far more superior and expansive than yours. You are shown that what looks like derailed plans to men can be used by God to do significant things. You learned that the Apostle Paul, even though his own plans were resisted by Satan, understood this concept and did what he could for God's kingdom. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, God's Ways and Thoughts Are Best for Us. You'll hear more of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Thessalonians and about his love and concern for their spiritual well-being. Pastor Mark will remind you why you're here in the first place and the responsibility that you have as a follower of Jesus Christ. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.